Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. To the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your Friday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the new podcast with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSB, and across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it is available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. The Braves have enjoyed the start to their lengthy West Coast road trip here in the early part of September. A sweep of the Oakland Athletics, as was expected with the difference level in talents between both teams. And now the Braves have won seven straight games. Again, we talked about it yesterday, how an incredible of a stretch it has been for the Braves over the past three and a half months. Well, now the competition gets a little bit tougher as the Braves, who are right now the top wild card team in the National League, will be going into a weekend series in Seattle against the team that currently is the top wild card team in the American League. The Braves have 25 games left this year, and there's a couple of obvious, you know, accomplishments that they'd like to achieve. For one, the Braves have a very good shot of winning 100 or more games for the first time since 2003. Right now, the Braves stand at 86 and 51 through 137 games, so they have 25 games left. The Braves simply need to go 14 and 11 or better, and they will achieve 100 wins in a season for the first time since 2003. If you go back, it's pretty incredible. Between 1997 and 2003, the Braves had five 100-win seasons in a seven-season stretch. So just if you ever want to go back and just have a lot of fun seeing how good at times the Braves were during their 14-divisional you know, year stretch, how fun they were to watch during the regular season. It's pretty incredible the success that they had. But getting back to the present, yes, the Braves have a very good shot at getting 100 or more wins. And they're going to have to do that. Because to be honest with you, with how easy the Mets' schedule is remaining, going 14-11 and 11 is not going to get the job done for a Braves team that clearly has aspirations to win the NL East. Currently, the Braves are a half game behind The Mets, as both teams had Thursday off, but the Mets remain significantly favored, at least through fan graphs, to be the eventual NL East champion. And the reason why is because of the fact that they just simply have a, 
a significantly easier schedule than the Braves moving forward. Right now, Fangraphs basically has the Mets around 66% to win the NL East division and the Braves around 34% to be able to earn their fifth straight division crown. And of course, winning the division in and of itself is relevant enough. That is a significant enough goal for the Braves to continue doing all that they can to win at the same clip that they are now to have a chance to win that fifth straight division title. But in terms of 2022, I think that there's actually an even more significant, more beneficial outcome or or more beneficial privilege that the Braves would get outside of them winning a fifth straight division title. And that is them being locked in as the number two seed in the National League playoff picture during the postseason. Because if you look at the setup for the playoffs, that number two position in the National League, that actually, in my opinion, may be the most advantageous position in the National League playoff picture this year. The reason why is because of this. There clearly are three teams in the National League that are better than all the others. The Dodgers are in a tier of their own, and then the Braves and Mets are locked in right beside each other in that second tier. Well, when it comes to whoever winds up winning the NL East versus who finishes second, as we've discussed before, whoever wins the NL East, they're going to get the number two seed in the National League. Whoever finishes second is going to be the top wildcard team the fourth seed in the National League, and they'll host the fifth seed in a three-game series. Now, the fourth seed, whether it's the Braves or the Mets, the fourth seed will be able to host all three games in that series, but but obviously that's that's a, something you want to avoid. You, any team, would want to obviously get the bye that comes with winning the division, and that is one reason why the number two spot in the National League playoff picture is so advantageous is because whoever achieves that spot, they will be able to get a buy in the playoffs just like the Dodgers will. But the other thing that stands out is this, is that if there are three teams right now that clearly are better than the others in the National League, and two of those teams are either going to finish in the second spot or the fourth spot in the playoff picture, that means that in the divisional round, the Dodgers are likely going to be facing the Braves or the Mets. On the flip side, the number two seed will likely face either the Cardinals, the Phillies, the Padres, or the Brewers, depending on how things shakes out. So the point that I'm getting at is, is that even though the Dodgers are clearly going to be the number one seed in the National League playoff picture, chances are they're going to have a tougher divisional series than the number two National League seed because the way things are set up, whoever finishes second in the NL East, they're going to host the first round of the playoffs. Whether it's the Braves or the Mets, and if the if, whether it's the Braves or the Mets, if they win that first round, they'll then go on to face the Dodgers. So the, Do- so the way that the NL playoffs are actually lined up right now, it's the Dodgers who chances are will have a tougher divisional series being the number one seed than the number two seed in the National League will. And of course, when you get to the postseason, you want as easy of a playoff path as possible to move forward. 
So when it comes to the Braves pursuing the NL East division, it's not just winning the division for the fifth straight time. It's not just making the playoffs. It's not just getting that number two seed or even getting that by. It's securing a path to the playoffs that arguably is easier than the Dodgers have, despite the fact that the Dodgers are the number one seed. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So we all knew that there is plenty to play for when it comes to the Braves for the rest of the season and pursuing that division title. But there are also, in terms of this year's postseason, there are plenty of further advantages for winning that number two spot, even to the point of whoever gets that number two spot having the easiest path to the NL Championship Series. Obviously, we still have several weeks to see that play out, and for the Braves, it starts with finding success to get a tough opponent this weekend, but another fun development for this weekend is that Braves and Mariners fans are going to be able to witness some of the best young rookies in the majors this season on the same diamond. Anytime that you have two teams that clearly are in the playoff picture in their respective leagues facing off against each other, when they don't face off against each other that often, it's a lot of fun. Anytime that you get to see two of the younger teams in the majors faced off against each other that are two of the better teams as well, it's a lot of fun, especially when it's over the weekend. And that's what baseball fans are going to be in line for when it comes to seeing the Mariners and the Braves face off this weekend in Seattle. And there are some comparisons. There are some clear, fun comparisons between the Braves and the Mariners this season. As I mentioned, right now the Mariners are the top wild card team in the AL playoff picture. The Braves are currently the top wild card team in the NL playoff picture. But another really fun aspect that both these teams share is that the Mariners currently feature the best rookie pitcher in the American League this season and the best rookie position player in the American League this season in George Kirby and Julio Rodriguez, respectively. Does that story sound familiar? That's the similar setup that it is for the Braves as they feature the best rookie pitcher in the National League in Spencer Strider and the best rookie position player in the National League in Michael Harris. Now, in the National League, We know that it is likely a two-person race for the National League Rookie of the Year between Strider as well as Michael Harris. In the American League, it's likely going to be more between Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman. You would think that Rodriguez would, would win it, especially how impressive he's been for most of the time that he's been healthy this season. But George Kirby has clearly established himself as the best rookie pitcher in the American League so far this year. So both teams have benefited heavily. Both teams have performed better than expected as the years progressed due to the contributions that they're getting from their young players. Now, 
I think that it's fair to say, and, and, and you know, I don't think that this is any secret, of these players that I mentioned, Julio Rodriguez probably is the one with the most hype, probably the one with the highest ceiling. But it goes to show just how impressive Michael Harris has been that statistically, he basically has been just as valuable as Julio Rodriguez this year. And of course, when we look at Spencer Strider, and you look at him compared to other elite starting pitchers since Strider entered Atlanta's rotation at the end of May, you come to realize that, you know, his accomplishments this year for Strider are not just about what he's done as a rookie, but what he's done to be among the best pitchers in the game. George Kirby, in recent weeks, has done the same thing for the Mariners. So a lot of fun comparisons between the Mariners and the Braves, especially when it comes to how much both teams have benefited from some of their younger talents. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see Spencer Strider face off against the Mariners lineup this weekend, but we will be able to see plenty of Michael Harrison, Julio Rodriguez, and George Kirby will be facing off against Max Freed on Saturday night in what could be a very exciting pitching matchup. Now, before that, on Friday night, You've got Charlie Morton versus Robbie Robbie Ray, two veterans who have not necessarily been as dominant as they've been in the past this year, but have figured things out to be effective this season so far. The Braves have had some decent success against Ray at times when facing him, though the results haven't always followed through, and the Braves being as good as they are against left-handers, plus with Charlie Morton, though he's had a few you know, forgettable starts over the past few months. Charlie Morton overall has been far better over the past few months than he was at the start of the season. We should get to see a good pitching matchup against veterans this weekend, starting off on Friday with Robbie Ray versus Charlie Morton. And then on um, Saturday, as I mentioned, it will be Max Reed versus George Kirby. And that, on paper you may feel as if the Braves should clearly have the edge in that game. But as mentioned, George Kirby has been one of the more impressive young pitchers in the majors over the past several weeks. So the Braves are going to have their work cut out for them both on Friday and Saturday, facing off against two very talented pitchers in Robbie Ray and George Kirby. And then on Sunday, it's to be determined as to who will be pitching for both teams. The Braves potentially will be able to feature Jake Odorizzi as they they skipped him in his last start, basically, to give him extended rest as he was experiencing arm fatigue. But it could be Jake Odorizzi Odorizzi versus Marco Gonzalez. So some really fun pitching matchups this weekend when it comes to the Braves. But the other big difference, where the Braves could potentially win this series, in my opinion, is through their bullpen. If the Braves' bullpen can be as reliable as they were during the series against Oakland and not have hiccups like we've seen in recent weekends, like we saw in St. Louis a few weekends ago, if the Braves can avoid that and they can have the better bullpen, which I think they have a deeper, more talented bullpen than the Mariners, if the Braves can accomplish that goal, that could be the difference in this series. We've seen it before where one method that the Braves have used to win when they've won in these long stretches is that they've lasted out the starting pitcher that they were facing and got into the opponent's bullpen and thrived. That could be the case for the Braves this series as they're going to be facing some tough starting pitching 
beyond that, an obviously an obvious key for the Braves will be to do whatever they can to contain the productivity of Julio Rodriguez. Not allowing for him to get on the base pass where he's just as dangerous as a base runner compared to how dangerous he is as a hitter. Much easier said than done, but I do think when it comes to the lineup potential as a whole, the Braves do have the more explosive lineup. They're going to have more trustworthy, uh, above-average to elite hitters, in my opinion, than the Mariners do. And if the Braves can limit Julio Rodriguez at the top of the Mariners' order, that could go a long way in limiting the Mariners' overall ability to score runs. So we constantly are excited to see the Braves' young talents featured. We're going to be it's going to be even more exciting to see some of the top young talents in the game facing off against the Braves this weekend as well. Hope everybody gets to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to seeing Julio Rodriguez for the first time live in a while as he just seems to be a very exciting dynamic player. He seems to be in the same mold as a Ronald Acuña Jr. or Fernando Tatis, a Juan Soto. Not necessarily saying that he's eventually going to erupt like all three of those players did, just saying that he has that potential. And so seeing him against the Braves will be really, really awesome for those of us who enjoy the young talents that are in the game. And if you're someone that enjoys seeing as much young talent played together as possible, it's going to be hard to find a better opportunity to do that this weekend than the Braves and Mariners with how much contributions they've got from rookies this season. Hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun starting off with Charlie Morton versus Robbie Ray. Hopefully Morton can avoid early innings trouble and put together a quality start and be supported by the Braves offense. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast all at BatteryPower.com as well as at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media. Also, we're free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button to get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSEC on Twitter. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.